We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we are going to be taking a look at players who you should consider adding in wake of your week three matchups, um, particularly in a draft format fantasy football. These suggestions are going to be made based off of PPR scoring, so make sure to adjust accordingly if you're tuning in today but are not playing in a full PPR format. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions on Twitter you may have. Um, my handle is ZK underscore FFB. Throughout the course of the week, I'll do my best to get back to any tweets or direct messages that may come my way as they pertain to your fancy football rosters. But for now, let's go ahead and get into the show. The first thing we're going to look at, the first position we're going to look at is quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to give you the two quarterbacks I'm liking for this upcoming Week 3 matchup, and I'm also going to let you know what they're rostered at just so you kind of have a sense of whether or not they could realistically be available in your league. Um, Roster percentages are going to be taken from yahoo.com. Um, even if you're not playing in Yahoo, I would expect that most of these percentages are going to be similar. So hopefully they'll still be helpful for you. I would expect that most of these players in um, fantasy will be available in your leagues. But the first quarterback we're going to take a look at is Denver Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who's coming off a 23-13 to win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, in which he scored 21.2 PPR points. Uh, he has a week three matchup against the New York Jets, and he is currently rostered in about 17% of leagues. Uh, the the short of it is really just that Teddy Bridgewater has been very solid through his first two weeks. He has back-to-back performances of 20-plus points. He finished as the QB 15 in week one. He finished week two as a quarterback 11. And um, he's, just, he's just been a player who has been solid at best, but solid can get you um, usable fantasy weeks if you are not perhaps the strongest at the quarterback position. Through the first two weeks, he is, 24, he is 54 of 70 passing for 592 yards with four touchdowns. He has no interceptions. And the encouraging thing, I think, with Bridgewater, particularly in week two, is that even though he was without Jerry Judy, he was able to see uh, his fellow wide receivers step up, particularly Cortland Sutton, who saw 12 targets for nine catches and 159 yards. And then Noah Fant and Tim Patrick each found the end zone, even though they didn't have the biggest day in terms of receiving yards and volume. Uh, Bridgewater gets a week three matchup against the Jets. 
Denver has the chance to start off three and zero after facing three um, just not good teams. Uh, they they beat the Giants in Week One. They just beat the Jaguars in Week Two. Now they have a chance to go three and zero by beating the Jets here in Week Three. I like Bridgewater a lot as a streaming option if you are looking to add a quarterback um, by way of a fat budget. I would be looking to spend about two percent on him. I think that should be enough to get him. Maybe spend up a little bit more if you're really desperate. But uh, Bridgewater is a solid quarterback play so far. He is a guy who I think will give you productive weeks. He won't necessarily give you the biggest weeks, but he can certainly get you through a week if need be, depending on the matchup. And I think this Jets matchup in week three more than qualifies as a stream-worthy start for Teddy Bridgewater. Looking at the second quarterback for the day, it is New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, uh, who is coming off a 30-29 loss to the Washington football team, but he had a great week. He scored 29.5 PPR. He was uh, one of the best quarterbacks you could have rostered in fantasy this past week. Ironically, we don't get to say that very often, uh, but now he could possibly be a top quarterback yet again this week as he heads into um, actually, they will come to New York with a week three matchup, a week three home matchup against Atlanta Falcons. Jan- Jones is currently rostered in 19% of your leagues. And I think that really the encouraging thing with Daniel Jones was something that we did not see from him in years past. You've always kind of known that he has some rushing upside. And this particular week, the Giants actually did their best to put that on on show um jones had seven carries for 95 yards and a touchdown 15 and a half of his points did come by way of the ground which hasn't been always the most reliable part of daniel jones's game but i think what was interesting with that was that of his seven carries five of those carries were designed runs for daniel jones whether it was on a hand uh, a read option or a bootleg or something of that nature there were five of those seven runs that were designed to um let Daniel Jones show what he can do on the ground. And it works very well for the Giants. So um, if, if he is, in fact, one of these quarterbacks who we can lean on down the line for some Konami code upside, uh, hat tip Rich Rebar for the tremendous phrase that I use all too often. Uh, if, he, if Daniel Jones does present to us some Konami code upside in the running game, I think that he could have a lot more fi- fantasy viable weeks coming his way further down the line and what better team to do this against than in week three against the Atlanta Falcons who have already allowed eight touchdown passes to opposing quarterbacks on the season including PPR performances of 28.76 points and 29.64 points over the first two games those came to Jalen Hurts in week one and Tom Brady in week two so uh, Daniel Jones hopefully another soft matchup here Again, another quarterback. This is one quarterback leagues. I'm not looking to spend too much on him, but about two to three percent fab, I would be willing to shell out for him. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Once again, I think desperation always has to play into these things. But if it's a one quarterback league, I kind of am willing to cut my losses. If I'm not able to get my top choice at quarterback, then I'll just find someone else who is more likely than not also worth throwing in for a weekly spot start. If that is in fact what I'm looking to do with my quarterback position. Taking a look now at running back, the first running back we are going to look at for week three is Corderell Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. Patterson had a big day and a 48-25 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he went for 23.9 PPR. Now he has a week three matchup on the road at the New York Giants. He is rostered in about 14% of leagues uh, right now, so he is probably available for you. And quite frankly, when it comes to Cordero Patterson, this is a player who has been in the league for a long time. 
he's been a player who has been traveled to several different teams, but it seems that no matter where he goes, the volume is never necessarily there, but his production, regardless of the amount of volume, always is. Um, throughout his career, Patterson has 184 carries for 1,094 yards and nine touchdowns. When he's not putting in work as a runner, he is also able to put in work as a passer. In this particular game last week against the Buccaneers, Patterson had seven carries for 11 yards and a touchdown. Not the most impressive uh, production wise on the ground in terms of yards, but still found the end zone. And then he also saw seven targets, which he caught five of for 58 yards and another score. So Patterson has really kind of looked decent through two weeks. Everyone was you know, drafting Mike Davis as the Atlanta RB1, and Mike Davis certainly is the Atlanta RB1 right now. Uh, he does have more touches than Patterson does, but Patterson has just kind of been the more productive player. So far, Davis has 34 total touches on the season for 135 yards and no touchdowns, and Patterson has kind of shown a role that is independent of Mike Davis. So I think that there's an opportunity to consider starting Patterson, maybe in deeper flex leagues, or maybe even in a single flex league, um, depending on what your roster looks like. Because now we have seen uh, back-to-back weeks where Patterson has gotten work and he has looked decent with the work that he has been given. So um, I think Patterson is kind of moving into a, a player who we can start regardless of whether or not Mike Davis is healthy if we think the matchup is there. And then certainly, given his usage early on, I think that Cordero Patterson could, um, you know, be a high upside handcuff who could possibly give you a few big weeks if Mike Davis would ever miss time. So uh, Cordero Patterson, Atlanta Falcons running back, I'd actually be willing to spend about 10% of fab on him, I think, at this point in time. He's had two solid weeks. And again, I think he's kind of moving into that that league winner upside role if not league winner then at least a very strong handcuff uh, for future weeks to come should something happen to Mike Davis the next running back we're going to look at is New York Jets running back Ty Johnson Uh, Johnson is coming off a 25 to 6 loss to the Patriots in which he scored five PPR points he has a week three matchup against the Denver Broncos and is currently rostered in nine percent of leagues Um, to put it quite frankly this is not this is not the week to be looking to promote running backs. There was uh, several who got injured. There were some who just did not have the level of production we would hope for. So kind of tough to pick these guys out. But the reason I went with Ty Johnson was because he led the Jets backfield in carries in week two um, with 12 carries after Tevin Coleman led the backfield in carries in week one. Now, Coleman actually had the fewest carries of any Jets running back. He had only five carries on seven total snaps for 24 yards rushing. Ty Johnson had 12 carries for 50 yards. Close behind him was Michael Carter, who had 11 carries. I just think that Ty Johnson is kind of like one of those players where, even though he doesn't play in a good offense, even though he's not the most exciting name to add to a roster, I think that Ty Johnson, if the volume is there, could give us a little bit of a floor depending on how he is used. Now, the one thing that we didn't see from him in week two was anything as it pertains to pass catching upside, he did not catch a pass, but we know that he can do that. And I think if anything, now could be the week to acquire him if he's available. Again, he's only rostered 9% of leagues, so he probably is. Uh, because Ty Johnson, we saw for at least now this week, led the team in carries and has a chance, I believe, to possibly um, expound on that if, if, uh, if, if you know all goes well based on how the Jets felt about his performance in week two. So I like Ty Johnson. I don't think you have to spend a lot to get him. Again, he only had five PPR points. He's not going to be jumping out to your league mates. Two to three percent fab, I think, gets it done for him. Um, And he's just kind of a player who you stash, but he's also a player who, if you don't add him, he's probably not going to be the worst player to miss out on. So I'm not going to break the bank for him. But 
there could be a volume guy to be had in him down the road. And I think that his explosiveness as a runner gives you somebody who is worth considering for a week three ad. Tough matchup against Denver. I don't know that I'm necessarily looking to start him in this matchup, but um, depending on how your team looks, maybe he is somebody who you would consider throwing in as a, as a desperation flex. Colin Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving on to wide receiver now, um, we are looking at Vikings wide receiver KJ Osborne, who is coming off a 34 to 33 loss versus the Cardinals. Osborne had 20.1 PPR in this game and is now heading into a week three matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And surprisingly, uh, KJ Osborne was slept on after his week one performance, slept on by me as well. Um, I did not promote him on the show when I probably should have after he had a very solid week one where he had nine targets, which he turned into seven receptions for 79 yards and 14.9 PPR. I just think that I wasn't personally ready to buy into this idea that Osborne will see a high volume of targets. But then we went ahead and saw it again this past week where even though it wasn't a high volume, it was still a usable volume. He saw six targets in week two against the Cardinals. He caught five passes for 91 yards, which included a 64-yard touchdown on the game's opening possession. Uh, the downside to Osborne is that he's obviously not the team's alpha receiver. He That that belongs to Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen closely behind him. But I think that Osborne is a player who can kind of almost be viewed as like a uh, like like a Jamison Crowder type player where he's not not always going to give you the biggest weeks but he is also going to hopefully have a safe enough floor for you to make him worth um starts and in various flex spots so shockingly 
He's still available in about 97% of leagues after week one. I expect that that number is going to go up tremendously heading into week three now that people have seen him have big games for back-to-back weeks. But I think he's worth an add, and I think he's even worth spending a little bit more on if you're desperate at the wide receiver position. I'd be looking for anywhere 8 to 10% fab, depending on how big your league is and how many um, roster spots you have to fill. If you're hurting at wide receiver, I think that K.J. Osborne is a very solid option at 8 to 10% fab. Um, in smaller leagues, I'd probably be spending a little bit less on him, but in, in larger leagues, I'd be willing to spend a little bit more to get him just because I think that he could be a usable player for you down the stretch uh, after two solid weeks to start out. The next receiver we're going to look at is going to be New York Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard, who is coming off a 17.5 PPR performance and a 30-29 loss to the football team. Uh, like Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard is heading into a home matchup in week three against the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason Shepard actually makes this list is not because he is um, low-owned. He's not. He's also not high-owned. He's rostered in 57% of leagues right now. And the reason he makes this podcast today is particularly because i think that 57 percent is much too low for a wide receiver of shepherd's caliber and a wide receiver of his talent and now also his production because through two weeks he's a very solid ppr wide receiver who most people probably could have used on their team on either of the first two weeks um so he's available in about 43 percent of leagues in week one he posted 24.3 ppr performance against the broncos he had 17 and a half ppr last week against the football team and then so far on the season shepherd has 19 targets which is the fifth most that any receiver in the league has seen so far so he's being targeted he has more targets than any wide receiver on his team right now including kidding galladay he has a receiving line of 16 catches for 207 yards and one touchdown and really just kind of looks like the giants number one receiver right now he's a player who's been very solid for them through the first couple of weeks he's even been a player who's been reliable for the giants over the course of his career when healthy. I think the biggest issue for Shepard has been his health. He's missed several games over the last couple of seasons. But when he's on the field, make no mistake about it, he is producing. I think that week three against Atlanta is a very nice spot for Shepard. Uh, including Daniel Jones as well, as we previously mentioned. But I think that Shepard will also continue to give you usable weeks down the stretch, even if it's as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. Um, He can clearly sprinkle in a couple of wide receiver one weeks along the way. Uh, 24.3 points. I'm not quite sure where that ranked him in week one, but I would have to imagine if it wasn't a top 12 week, it was probably very close to it. So I just think Shepard is a good, reliable player who should probably be rostered in far more leagues than he is in. If you are in one of those leagues where Shepard is not rostered, I would be spending up a little bit to get him. I think 10% fab uh, probably gets you there for him, maybe a little bit more. But the fact that he's only rostered in 57% of leagues after 24-point performance in week one tells me that people are doubting him, and I don't think there's good reason for that. So Sterling Shepard, New York Giants wide receiver, I'd be spending 10%, 11% fab on him to make sure I have him in week three. And I like him possibly as a flex option against the Atlanta Falcons. Taking a look now at the tight end position, we only have one tight end for this week. Um, It is tight end Max Williams of the Arizona Cardinals, who is coming off a 16.4 PPR performance against the Minnesota Vikings. He now heads into Jacksonville in week three to face the Jaguars. He is currently unowned 
in fantasy leagues, it would appear. He is showing a 0% rostered, which is understandable. Max Williams has never had a tremendous fantasy season. He's never been a player who has produced at a high level. But I think what we saw in week two against the Vikings was a rather interesting performance out of him. He saw seven targets on the day, which he turned into seven receptions for 94 yards. He did not score, but he was a player who Kyler Murray was targeting rather frequently. He looked like a legitimate part of the passing game. Um, That could be just something that the Cardinals had worked into the game plan for week two. Maybe that's something that there's a connection forming between Kyler and Max Williams that, that we'll see flourish later on throughout the season. We don't quite know for sure, but I just think that the fact that Williams saw seven targets is something that's worth taking note of. And I would just say that if you are desperate for a tight end this week, and quite frankly, the way I view it is if you're looking for a tight end on the waiver wires, in all likelihood, you are desperate. So now it's just trying to find out who one of the better plays is that we can get at the tight end position. I would think that Max Williams is a player who you should at least kick the tires on for this week against Jacksonville. Again, he's coming off a seven target performance, 16.4 PPR, um, and he looked like a legitimate threat in the passing game. I wouldn't spend too much on him could be a player who you were adding for week three and then dropping after week three we just don't quite know yet but i really thought that the former second round pick looked very solid in this one and is a player worth considering if you are desperate tight end and trying to find someone to fill for that that week three tight end slot there's probably worse names you could do than max williams against the jaguars based on what we saw in week two we're now going to get into what i like to call my super sleepers for this podcast these are players who i'm not necessarily recommending for a start this week but players who i think showed us just a little bit of something that could maybe give us reason to believe that they could be used for us in fantasy down the road based on something that we just saw on the field the previous week it doesn't even necessarily have to be major just enough that we can say hey there was something there that we that, that looks like something could emerge out of that later on down the line should circumstances arise. So for these super sleepers I have this week, I'm going to go with number one running back, Demetric Felton of the Cleveland Browns. He scored 13.1 PPR in last week's 31-21 to 21 win against the Houston Texans. The Browns face the Chicago Bears in week three. And Felton is a player who, I mean, if you want to talk about doing a lot with a little, he was he was it. He only had two targets, which he turned into two catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. And that was it. He he caught two passes. He was targeted twice. He turned into 51 yards and a touchdown. It was a pretty decent day for him. Obviously, you know, in terms of a fantasy production, that's still 13.1 PPR. No one had him in their lineup. That's understandable. You're not looking to play Demetri Felton with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb still in the way. But I do think that that was kind of a, a little bit of a signal for what we could maybe expect down the line should something happen to one of these Browns running backs um, whether Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt goes down I think that Dimitri Felton will be worked into a role should that happen so Felton is kind of a player who we're just looking to stash right now and waiting to see what would maybe happen down the line because we know that part of the NFL is unfortunately injuries and we're just trying to be prepared for when things like that happen so our fantasy teams can benefit um Felton is 5'10 he's 200 pounds he was very versatile as both a runner and a pass catcher at UCLA before joining the Browns um this season after the 2020 NFL draft so he's just a player who I think is is interesting um to to add as a cheap bench stash one to two percent fab probably all you're going to need to spend to get him if someone's spending up a whole lot more than that they're probably not they're probably overspending on him um based on a on hype from the smallest of sample sizes so i I wouldn't be too worried about losing him if you did not get him but 
Um, I think two, three, four percent, something like that, probably gets him pennies on the dollar to get a running back who could perhaps have a bigger role in this Browns backfield if something happens to one of the two running backs ahead of them. So Demetri Felton is one of my two super sleepers for this week. The next one is Washington football team wide receiver Diami Brown. He is coming off a 6.4 PPR performance against the New York Giants and a 30 to 29 win. And in week three, the football team heads to Buffalo for a matchup against the Bills. Um, Brown has flown under the fantasy radar for the first two weeks. He's not a player who has had a big week yet, which is good for us because I think that as we see how he's being used for throughout these first couple of weeks, I'm kind of hoping that what's going to happen here is that we're going to have a chance to add him before he has a breakout game. Uh, he is currently second amongst Washington football team receivers and total snaps he has 113 which is 20 more than adam humphreys the one thing with humphreys is even though he's on the field less he tends to be targeted whenever he is on the field compared to brown so um that can be frustrating certainly but even just knowing that brown is still on the field as that number two wide receiver should mean that some opportunity will come his way at some point in time um and, and the good news is, too, is that Washington is still targeting him. Not only are they targeting him, but Brown is averaging 14.5 air yards per target in week two. Um, he's an explosive rookie. He had 4.46 40-yard dash during the combine. And in his final two years at North Carolina, he averaged over 20.1 yards per reception. He's an explosive downfield threat, which I know Washington already has and Terry McLaurin. But Brown could be used as that as well. He could also be used as a yak wide receiver to maybe make shorter shorter receptions and turn them up field i just think that he has seen enough targets on the season early on um he has 10 i think that he is a player who is slowly being targeted and brought along in this offense and who has a chance to do something at some point in time and i would rather be early on him as a stash than late on him when people are trying to add him after he looks like a legitimate threat for this offense later on down the line so I don't think you need to bid really any fab on Diami Brown. He had 6.4 PPR this week. He didn't have a big week in week one. Um, when people are looking to add players, I think sometimes they look at those PPR performances. They see who the highs, who the lows are, and they base their decisions off of that. Brown's not catching anyone's attention, but some of these deeper stats kind of tell us that there could be a possibility that he continues to see an uptick in usage over the course of the season and becomes a player who we wish he would have gone after sooner rather than later. So if you need to make sure you get him, drop a dollar or two of fab on him. Otherwise, you can probably just put in a claim at no cost to you. Drop that player who hasn't been doing much for you for the first couple of weeks if you really don't like what they're doing and look to add someone like Diami Brown of the football team to your roster and hope that there's some upside that exists further on down the line. And that is going to do it for today's show. I will say that if you're a new listener and you want to learn all about the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotaviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can also save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. Again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, 
Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.